Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. It's great to be in, in the house. I'm going to just give you a little report on this weekend. Um, myself and our team, we were in London yesterday. Um, we were with Canon J. John, who's an amazing evangelist, probably one of the most well-known evangelists, certainly, um, that I know of. A real calling on his life to travel the world, have stadiums, lead people to Christ, and challenge um, the body of Christ to reach people, to have evangelism. That's a funny, big church word, evangelism, but to share our faith. I'm going to share some of his thoughts that he shared with us. But it was an amazing time. Hundreds of partners were there in London. We had a great time just focusing on what our mission is. What are we meant to be doing with our time? There was a wave yesterday in the meeting where for the people there, there were so many testimonies of people that had negative forces broken off their life just like that. And God did it again today, just now. It was really just an amazing time. We had a great moment. Hundreds of people, loads of people were touched and um, you can go on my Facebook, there's some amazing pictures, but J. John was there, he was great, he was amazing, just really down to earth, sharing how it's all, of our, it's all of our duty, it's all of our mission, it's all of our callings to share what God has done for us. You know what, we keep it to ourselves and we think it's really hard to tell our friends and family, when all we need to do is just live it and live our faith. Are you ready to live your faith? can't just be arguments and talking and like I've got to convince this person to come to Christ it's our duty to live it and it's been really it was really amazing but before I did that so we did that we had um, the three o'clock and the um, and a seven o'clock meeting on Saturday but on Friday night we had a men's night at Com Church it was guys did we have a good time or what all right guys we had a good time firstly all right one second. All the guys, let's appreciate the ladies for letting us go out. All right, so like, all right, the ladies let us go out. That was, we really appreciate that you, um, that you let us go out. This is amazing. I'm going to ask uh, Martin to come and join me. Martin, would you come and join us? Right, I've got to tell you, right, and, and guys, you came. Some of our guys, I know you came and you thought, I'm coming out tonight. I'm going to have a bit of pizza or I'm going to have a drink and I'm going to have a time with some guys. But I want to tell you, there was a spiritual significance about what we do. I am passionate. I can't tell you how passionate I am about reaching this town and this community for Jesus with a message in a way that is just naturally supernatural, in a way that is just natural and normal. I believe that Dunstable could be one of the towns in the UK, the first towns in the UK where it's not strange to just say, hey, I go to church and everyone, oh, okay, cool, that's fine. Do you know what? In our country at the moment, you say it and people look at you like you've got six heads. I'm a Christian. People look at you, gone out. What are you? You're a Christian. What's that even? People look at you crazy. But I'm passionate about reaching the businesses in our town, the people that are behind those businesses in our town. Do you know what? I love church. I love what we do here. I love connecting and worshiping with you guys. I think it's amazing. But it doesn't make me as excited as going out, taking one of the nightclubs in town. I mean, it's a nightclub. It was Cookies and Cream where we had this men's night. And now it's um, Box 3. They party all night long in there. They think that it's a, a place. And we took it and we made it church. I've got a mic. We made it church. 
So, Martin, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we did on Friday night and how you felt it helped you? Okay, good morning, church. Um, Julian, well, messaged me this morning, asked me to say a few words, and I, I thought, how can I relay to you all what it meant for me Friday night? Because it, was, it had quite a massive impact on my life, actually. Um, I've told my testimony to many of you, either one-to-one or I've stood up at the front 18 months ago and talked it through. And a lot of you all know what I went through last year and, you know, a heck of a journey, um, but came out smiling and, and life is great and never been better. Um, but there's one part of that. Um, I, I'm a father of three daughters and two beautiful granddaughters. And, and there's a little link um, because when I came to Christ, I'm, I'm not going to tell my full testimony because, well, there's not enough hours in the day, unfortunately, but it's quite a big story. But um, little Ava Grace, my eldest granddaughter, it was her dedication that brought me into church in the first place. And without that, I wouldn't have been here now. Um, God had a plan and there was a few little hiccups before that, which, you know, her dedication got moved because I couldn't attend. And when you look back on the story and the path, it's, it's amazing to look on. And I'm happy to tell that to anyone at any point, um, one-to-one. But Indy's dedication was a few weeks ago. And at little Indy's dedication, Julian um, highlighted the NFL men's night that was coming up. And a future son-in-law of mine, my eldest daughter's boyfriend, who, again, if I've spoke to you one-to-one, you know I've been praying for the last two years since I've been a Christian to bring him to God. Um, my prayers have changed over the last eight, eight to nine months. It's just been to know that he loves my daughter, Lauren, and he'll be best for her, and, that, and that's what I've been praying for. So, Reese was here at Indy's dedication. Julian talked about NFL. There's three things that Reese loves, cars, NFL, and Lauren. Um, but I was pretty sure it was in that order, um, and that's not where I wanted it to be. So... No, absolutely. So I spoke to Reese, and I know he loves NFL, and to be honest, NFL, you know, I, I follow sports that I could play, and I've always been about three foot too short to play NFL, so it was never going to happen for me, but it was something that I thought, well, if it's something I can have in common with him, I'll take it, I'll grab it, and asked him if he wanted to come, and he, he did the usual, mm, yeah, maybe. There's amazing pictures, Martin, of behind, rolling behind us. That is my boss's son who plays for the Oakland Raiders, which is like to... You know, it's impossible to... It's 1% of college football players manage to play in the NFL. And my boss's son is a player for the Oakland Raiders. Um, at 6 o'clock today, they kick off at the Spurs Stadium. They're going to play a game against the Chicago Bears. Um, so I'm going down to that, and I'm going to be with him. But um, he came, and he just talked, and he shared just very normally his journey through elite sport, what it is to be an elite athlete... And then we just dropped a little taster in there about faith and what it is to be a guy of faith and how did that help you through the highs and lows? Sorry, I just wanted to let everyone no, know sorry, I, what I we can, were doing. There's lots of ladies here, I forgot. Sorry, I, you I weren't I can there. feel Julian shooing me along, so I'll speed it up a little bit. <laughs> we've, got, we've got all day. We've all, you should no, see my notes. I've got no notes. But so. needless to say, um, Reese went away from here and he wasn't coming. It's church-related. You know, he, he was as I was pre, pre-Jesus. He was... Um, he's very anti-church or not anti-church but it's not his thing he's too cool for Jesus um, or so he thinks Um, but anyway he 
I, I took Lauren into London on Monday. We had a, a regular hospital checkup, and uh, whilst we were there, Lauren got a text from Reese to say, actually, tell your dad I am going to come. Um, I'm coming on my own. It's just me, because his brothers like it and everything. But he said, no, I'll just go, just me and your dad. So I thought, great, here's my opportunity. Um, so just a 20-minute car journey to the bar that night. I learned, well, more about NFL than I've ever learned because I had to ask him some questions so I didn't look stupid at the event. Um, but he just started to open up. And there was a few things when we were there, sort of about an hour in, I said, what do you think? How's it going? He said, yeah, people are normal. <laughs> and... For those of you that attended, it's nice to know that you're normal. Um, he doesn't quite know us enough to know that we're special. We're not quite normal, but that'll come back. Um, and as the night kind of progressed, um, there's one thing that happened with me and Reese. I mean, for a lot, well, for two years, I've been trying to plant a seed with him, but it's always been that rocky sort of outcrop of him. Um, and it just bounces off the front and falls down the drain and never goes anywhere. Um, but what everyone that was there Friday night did by meeting, greeting, talking to Reese, and, and showing how normal you are, um, it softened him. Um, now the rocky layer's gone and, and there's a bit of, you know, soft sort of undertone there that the seed's starting to actually fall into. Um, and the biggest thing for me was coming away that night knowing that Lauren is his absolute priority. And that's what I found out that night. Everything else, he likes things, he likes material things. And, you know, we go through that before you find Jesus. But I was there. Um, and he reminds me very much of the person I was once before. But I also know that there is a light at the end because there is somewhere to go and something to reach for. He's just not figured out what it is he's searching for. But ultimately, he loves Lauren. Uh, he loves her a lot. And it got me to thinking this morning before I came here that how does someone five and a half thousand miles away wake up, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago and think, yeah, I'm going to go to that little bar in Dunstable whilst I'm spending a week in London with my job um, and I'm going to make such an impact on someone's life. Um, and he went away that night not knowing an impact that he'd made, not knowing the change he'd made. But it got me to thinking that whether I'm, you know, a mile from church or five miles, ten miles, a hundred miles, a thousand miles or ten thousand miles... What I say, what I do, that light I shine can be that little something that touches someone and they take away from it. And, and that's what Friday was for me. So on the drive home, both my brother-in-law came and Reese came and we got in the car and we pulled out. I said, so how did you find church? And they both looked at me. And I said, well, that's where we've been. We've been to church. And they said, well, it's not church. It was a bar. It was a night out. I said, but what do you think church is? I said, it's me and my brothers coming together to lift me up, to pick me up, to, to be there for me if I need it. And that's what church is. Yes, all the glory goes to God, and that's what the praise we give and the worship we give at the start of church. But it's about me being there for them, them being there for me, hearing my story, me hearing theirs, and being able to share with each other, love each other, pat each other on the back and cry with each other if need be. But that's church to me, and, and we got that across to him on Friday night, so thank you. I want to sit down and listen to you preach. Could you, could you just carry on? I could listen to you all day, Martin. Stay with me. 
amazing it was. Um, 60, of, 60 guys came together. You can see in the bottom left there, the guys from Gents Barbering. The, the, went, the couple of them went to Uganda with Scott and our missions team. The whole barber shop came out and heard um, Josh Morrow talk about his sporting life and, and his faith. That took him through. You know, Josh went through highs in his career and lows. He got, actually got a little suspension in his career that really hit him hard. And it's his faith that held him tight and brought him back. And he was shared that story. And then these guys got to hear it. There was a very spiritual significance in what we do. You know, 90% of us in this room, 90%, we're called to be on missions. But that mission is to just go out of our front door and visit next door neighbor. That's our missions. You know, there's a, there's a walk missions. Not everybody is called to travel the nations of the world. I know the last thing, me and Scott have talked about this for hours, and Scott did a, wants to take people on missions, but the last thing we want to lead people believe, to believe is that you have to take a year out, fundraise, make a mission of it, and go to the ends of the earth to take missions when on our doorstep there's a mission we can follow. And, and uh, Scott challenged us of that just a few weeks ago when he talked about missions, that there's one on our doorstep. And you know... I, I've got to share with you, you won't even know this. So to organize that, Lax and I have been down to the nightclub uh, two Wednesday nights, and we've met with the owner of the nightclub. And he sat with us and shared his challenges and difficulties that he's facing, and we got to pray with him, the owner of the nightclub, which is so awesome. Then the DJ that came to help us, sat. we sat till half past 10 last Wednesday night, just, and he was sharing the difficulties that he's going through. And, and like people are going through stuff. He's not saved. He doesn't know Jesus. doesn't come to church every week. But we sat there. So, so now all of a sudden we've got... Your brother came right as well. Did your brother... Yeah. Your brother-in-law came. Do you want to just say? Yeah. I, I, I mean, Richard's... His journey's different. He's accepted. He's, he's quite opinionated. But um, I like a debate as much as the next one. And uh, especially ones that I win. You know, when I... <laughs> When you've got God behind you and, and you're speaking facts, it's pretty hard to lose, isn't it? But um, yeah, he, he's, he's softening. Um, his was an opportunity to get out. He's not been allowed out for eight years. So uh, it was his first you know, allowance out. And, and I think his uh, partner thought, well, actually, you're going out with church. So how bad can it be? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. But how wrong she was. No, I'm only kidding. It, it was a very, very uh, respectable evening. Um, but... Yeah, he's asking the questions. He's the key thing is seeing that there's you know builders, teachers, electricians, plumbers. Everybody is a normal person. They've just accepted that they've sinned and that we're not perfect. And the person we're trying to be or the person we're trying to please is is the only person you need to please. Um, and as long as you know we keep trying at that and accepting our wrongs and asking for forgiveness when we do our wrongs, then you're doing something right. Um, and awesome. I think he saw that, and that's what's great. Brilliant, really brilliant. Let's appreciate Martin for just sharing how he used that. Thanks, Martin. Got it. Brilliant. I love that, what Martin did on Friday night, and he came to that. I just want us to receive that challenge. He didn't just keep it to him turning up. Guys, any guy from here, I just want to send a challenge out on that, from that men night, if you turned up thinking, I want to get my bit of pizza, I want to get my drink, I want to do that, you totally missed the point, completely missed the point of why we were doing what we, do, what we were doing. The flyer for that event 
had 15 businesses across the bottom and somebody from each one of them was there on that night. They actually came out. And I want to tell you, we were part of something very, very significant. It was part of breakthrough. They saw how normal we are, but yet they could feel the power. And you know what? I'm excited about the revival that's going to happen. You're going to be able to walk down this street in Dunstable before too long. And you're going to be able to tell people you're a Christian and they're not going to look, look at you like you've got six heads. I'm prophesying this into our community and into our town. So, um, thank you very much. Guys, thank you for just being normal and great and having fun as well. That's, I felt like that's what church look, should look like. What we did on Friday night, I was super pumped about that and I really enjoyed it and I'm thank you for coming on the journey with me it was kind of my little thing I knew after Scott had taken these guys to to um to go on missions and they'd had a life-defining moment but life creeps in doesn't it and it takes you on a journey and it slowly kinds to encroach on what you know is true but like life takes you downwards and we've been able to just have a night that brought them back closer and just reminded them, look, there's guys that love Jesus and it's not, it's not a weird thing. So thank you guys for coming on that journey. Let's hear it for all the guys and for Josh for helping us. Thanks. Um, I really, um, I really want to share just the three points that J. John shared yesterday and it's really related to that, that Friday night. Um, we went, we took an area that the enemy uses in our town to sell drugs, to do other stuff, and we made that area church. The power that was in us is far greater than the power that is in the world. Last night, this place was full to the rafters for a charity event for local people, and there were people on this event working and serving and loving those people. Um, It's no exaggeration in our annual report as a church, we put um, in our, how many people come? We click everybody through the building and 45,000 people came through this building in 2018 and we're expecting it to be close to that in 2019. Isn't that amazing? That's an amazing mission field. For a town that only has 36, 38,000 people living in it at the moment, that's going to grow sharply over the year to come as they're building so many homes. But in a place like that, it's remarkable. We have a mission field right here in church. And I want to challenge you, where is your place in that? How many of these people that come to this event, are you here picking up the cleaning or doing, engaging with this vet event in some way because there's a message to bring? Not only are we going out into the community, but people are coming to see too. You know, Jesus said, go and tell. He also said, come and see. So we don't have to trade off being attractional for being missional. We can do both. Jesus said, go and tell and come and see. And as a church, people are going to want to come and see what God is doing in this place. I believe it. Yet we're also, for those that don't come, we're also going to go and tell. We're not going to neglect one for the other. J. John challenged us last night that nothing happens without prayer. My first point, if you want to hold your fingers up, there are three. The first one, hold your finger up. Point number one is we need to pray. Church, we need to be called to our knees. Those guys, run the, run the guys' pictures again. Look, this is a picture of our mission field. These are the guys. Put some picture of some faces of people that we're reaching out to, people that we love, people that we care for. Who are you praying for? 
Who's your heart broken for? Who's suffering at the moment in your life? Or there's someone that you're called to. I want us to begin praying for those people. We need to intensify our prayer. You know what you can often, people say you judge the heartbeat of a church by how many people are in the prayer meeting and how much people are driven to their knees. I want to challenge you, if you're having a hard time with those negative forces, get yourself down to the prayer meeting on Monday. Get yourself in prayer with others. You know what? You don't even need to do that. You can do it on your knees in your bathroom. You can do it on, you can pray on your knees in your lounge, whatever you want to do. But we need to be praying. We need to be praying for our community. Our heart needs to break with the things that break God's heart. And when I look out at this town and when I look out at the people around us, I'm driven to pray more. Are you driven to pray more, church? Are you praying for the people around you? I don't know. I, I should imagine that we would be much more effective, that we would be making even more inroads, that those 15 company names that were on the bottom of there that looked like sponsors, but they weren't, they were reached out to. They didn't give any money. We just put their, we wanted to promote what they were doing. But I've got a feeling that if we were intensely praying for our community, they would be in the house. They would be nearer Jesus today than they actually are. Can I encourage you, church? We need to be a praying church. The second one, hold your second finger up, point two. There's no slides, so I'm going to make your fingers my slides. Is that all right? Number two is to care. We need to care. My goodness, I had conversations. You know what we did? We, on our men's night, we put th um, three of the pastors in the church, uh, Andrew Castle, Scott Carr, um, and Rob Payne, wore their Com Church t-shirts. And we said to the guys, look, the biggest killer in this world for guys over the age of 30, I think, is suicide. If you've got something you want to talk about, we've got some pastors on site that you can just talk to. And we said it at the beginning, and they had some amazing conversations with people, and just they were able to talk. Not done from a microphone, not done from a stage. We just cared about their situation. If you can care enough to pray, you can care enough to help. If we're driven to our knees, we'll also be driven to the solution for some of these people's problems. The body of Christ, we can... We can do all the praying we like, but we can also add act. We can act, add action to our faith. And we can help these people directly if we just know what their problem is. If we care enough to ask, who's the last person that you cared enough to ask? Can I help you? Is there something I can do? Heard an amazing statement, and it was this. People don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. Did you get that? I love theology. I love it. I love preparing my sermons. The first question I come down and ask Scott after every sermon I preach, how was my theology? Did I get that right? I, I, was like, I love it. I love the study. I love that. But genuinely, those guys that were in that bar on Friday night don't care how much I know about theology. Not one of them does. Not one of those people care about my understanding of end times and its relevance to the ways forward for their lives. None of them care. Not one of them cares one bit how much I know. They want to know how much I care. Are you caring for people around you, church? We're going to take this town, I'm telling you. We might have to go back to be smaller on a Sunday morning, but we're going to be more effective on a Monday morning. And I'm ready for that. Are you ready for that, church? Are you part of this team?
So people don't care how much we know. They want to know how much we care. And the third point, fingers three, number three, very good, is to share it. We have to share the message. We don't need to keep it to ourselves. Pray, care, and share. That's as simple as we need to make church. The, whole, the reason we do all this stuff, the reason we have this thing called church, the reason we're together and going through life and dealing with the craziness of life is so that we can pray, so that we can care, and so that we can share. We serve a good God. I would hate to think we become an insulated church where we just love what we do. We want to reserve our tingles down our own spines and have a great time on a Sunday morning and never share outside of these walls. There are some amazing people in this church that are doing amazing things. There are people that have no fear whatsoever and they'll share what God's given them. I wanna, I'm inspired by so many people in this church that have got this message. And in many cases of people sat here, I'm preaching to the choir. You absolutely know it. But this is a, is a message and a challenge for us to evangelize. And I felt we lived it and we worked it on Friday night as men. I'm excited about what God's going to do. There's a great harvest coming. And this is the final challenge that I want to bring this morning. It's an update about what God's been saying to Sarah and I. We've been praying hard about this church. We've been praying hard about what God wants us to do and is what is calling us to do. And David Carr reminded us of a message that I spoke a few months ago last week. He stood on this stage and he reminded us that we're one generation. That in Christ, the message of Jesus is the same for young, middle, old. Doesn't matter where you are on that spectrum, the message of Jesus is equal for everybody. In the foundation course this morning, Rob was just talking and sharing to the young people that were there that God has a plan for their life and that the Holy Spirit is on their lives. And we said to each other that there, was, there is no junior Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that is on our children and on our kids is the same one that's on the adults and the same one that's on the old people. So there's no difference. So the victories that we can see and overcome doesn't matter based on what age we are or what generation we sit in. Yet our world wants to pigeonhole us into the one generation we are. You can't, because you're Generation X, so you can't possibly relate to those baby boomers and all that. They put them in into that little categories and what an amazing message and we felt that David Carr came to remind us to stay on track with that we are one generation there's something very troubling that I've been feeling and seeing in church life and I want to share it with you there's a trend in the middle of church the the kind of the masses of church if you say like there's the young people there's young people and then there's older people that are very experienced that have been in church for a long time. If you take those two groups, but then there's a middle of church where we, we own church. I remember growing up, um, I remember growing up that church was just something that we would get up and go to and we would work really hard. Just my family, we'd throw ourselves all at church. What can we give this morning? What can we do this morning? Who can we help this morning? What can we do? And that's what church was like growing up for me. 
It wasn't an event, a Sunday event that you go and sit on a chair, you go and listen to a presentation that's been nicely put together. That wasn't it. You never found my dad sat at his desk preparing the next great three-point sermon for him to share. He was never there doing that. He was never there. He would, he would sit like early hours of the morning just typing some little notes and he'd be getting ready for his thing and then he'd read his sermons on a Sunday because he wouldn't take the time to commit it to memory he read it verbatim and as he taught, but he knew he'd written it and it was taken care of. But you'd never find him there. You'd find him in the coffee shops. You'd find him sitting with people and taking times. So that's where my dad, who, if you're visiting, my dad started this church 35 years ago, Pastor Doug. And he was never found just trying to write the next great sermon that would send tingles down people's spines. That's not what he did. He was found in the coffee shops, meeting with people. And the fruit of that was seen at his funeral in this place where there was like close to a thousand people front to back. This place was packed to the rafters and they walked down this high street following his car. A massive percentage of those people, just people that live in Dunstable, not people that come to the church, yet they would probably say, he was my pastor. And they don't even know Jesus. They don't even know what a pastor is. That's, yeah, no... That's where this comes from. We didn't, we didn't come to church asking the question, is there enough here for me today? What am I going to get from this service today? I'm going to choose this and make this my church because it's given me what I want. There's a worrying thing that I'm seeing is that people come and sit in these chairs and they're asking that question, is there anything here for me? Can I get anything today? I want to flip that round, church. If you want to be a part of this flat family of Com Church, you need to start asking the question, who's here that I can help today? Who's here that I can care for today? Who's here that I can pray for today? Who's here that I can give to today? Let's change our thinking. I don't want us to be a place, an entertainment center for this town. That's not what we're doing here, church. I want to challenge you today. I hope you're receiving this. But there's a, in the middle, there's an increasing number of people. I'm not talking about the young or the, the old today that I just feel are saying, is this the right place for me? Are, are my kids being taken care for in the right way? Am I got this? Is this, what can I get in the house? Yet all we're called to do here is bring challenge and ask people to point people to Jesus. That's all church is for, to point people to Jesus and point you to someone that you can put your arm around and help and care for. That's as simple as church needs to be. So I want to encourage you today. If you're in that middle group, Sarah and I have felt that God has, in, has put a word on our heart. Sarah is about to dedicate her time over this next season to the young people and to the children in our church, we're going to have a root and branches review of what we do for that age group, the youngsters. I am dedicating myself to the generations above, the ones that have gone before us. I'm standing like a giant today on my father's shoulders because of what he did and what he built. I'm not having to start again. We're not having to start again as a church the ministry team, the SLT of this church, we're standing on the shoulders of people that have gone before, great men that pastored this church. And it's, we're standing on their shoulders and we need to honour 
where we've come from. So I'm having a root and branches review of this church for the older generations. And what we're going to ask everybody in the middle to do is, are you inspiring the young? Are you inspiring the people that are coming through, the next generation? Who are you inspiring with your life? Or are you still just sat there going, you know what, is there something for me in this church? And then on the right-hand side over here, we've got the older generations who we need to honour. I want the middle guys, the people that are meant to be owning church, saying, who are you honouring? Who are you giving honour to in the generations that have gone before? And I'm going to challenge everybody in this church. We either need to look at who we're inspiring or we need to look at who we're honouring and take our eyes off ourselves. And as we deal with church this way, as we deal with this church this way, God will give the middle everything that they want in a church. This is my vision. If you believe me, why don't you say amen and clap your hands? I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle, I'm in the middle and I want to give honour to the generations that have gone before. We're going to be giants in this place because we bring honour. You know, there's one commandment that says, that comes with a promise. All of the other commandments don't come with a promise. There is one that does come and with a promise of long life. And what is that? What commandment is that? Honour your father and mother and you will live a long life doesn't say that stops when you get to a certain age. doesn't say it stops when they get to a certain age. doesn't say it stops when your father and mother make decisions that you don't like or they take a wrong path in life. It doesn't say that. It just says, honor your father and mother and you'll live a long time. So we need to decide. We're going to have a root and branch review of how we honor the generations above and how we inspire the generations below. And I believe the generations in the middle will then catch up. We're going to catch up and God will do amazing things in our midst. And we're all going to have the excitement of seeing club owners in our town come to Jesus Christ. DJs in our town come to Jesus Christ. Estate agents in our town come to Jesus Christ. Barbers in our town come to Jesus Christ. So promise me, just promise me this that you will join me in these three points, that you will pray, that you will care, and that you will share. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you, and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.